1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I'm taught the Word of God, my life has changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Give the Lord a shout of victory, and you may be seated this morning. Amen. We're still in this series on four things we must confess. Proverbs 18:21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And it's always fascinated me that Solomon did not write, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. He wrote, Death and life. And I've always thought of it like this, and sometimes I even quote it this way, death and, and life, like, and life is in parentheses. Death and life is in the power of the tongue because the default is death. The default is not life. And the reason is, every one of us, even if we're born again, we still have the seed of Adam in us. Right now, you are what you have been saying, and right now, you have what you have been saying. Kenneth Hagin used to say it this way, your life right now is the sum total of everything you have said and done up to this point. So do you want to change your life and circumstances for the better? Well, if so, change what you are saying. Change what you're confessing. Most people, even Christian people, speak death to their life and circumstances, and death is the result. You can either speak death to your life or you can speak life to your life. The choice is yours. Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Words spoken in faith put positive pressure on your circumstances. Isaiah 55.8-11, these are some of the most important verses in the Word of God. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth. He's talking about his word, watering the earth and making it bud and flourish. Say it out loud, making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word. He's talking about the word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Now, this church is an unusual church in that in 37 and a half years, I have not lifted a finger to suck up to wealthy people. And we paid everything off last year, but let me tell you the truth of it. If it weren't for ex-drug addicts, we wouldn't have been able to pay this place off. If it weren't for people who had been divorced, 
and remarried, we couldn't have paid this place off. The Word of God is the beginning and the end of everything good that will ever happen in anybody's life. Because you, I, I don't care who they are. Maybe they failed. Maybe they failed in business. Maybe they failed in marriage. Maybe they've been bound by alcohol. Maybe they've been bound by drugs. It is the Word of God that forces the good soil of your heart into production. Amen. Say it out loud. It is the Word of God word that, of God forces that forces the good soil of my heart into production. into production. Amen. Amen. So the desolate place is made alive. The dead man is made alive. The drunkard is made sober. The drug addict is made rich. The broke man, the bankrupt man, is made wealthy by being a doer of the Word of God. But it doesn't do any good on the coffee table. It doesn't do any good sitting on the dashboard. It's got to get in our heart, and it's got to get in our mouth. Now, previously, we've given you four steps to make God's Word work in your life and circumstances. First, Decide what you want from God and find two or three scriptures that cover your case. If you are praying for something the Word of God does not promise, then you are wasting your time. So get the promises of God fixed in your heart, not just in your head, in your heart. Then use God's promises against the enemy who attacks with doubt and unbelief. Second, ask God for the things you desire and believe you receive them. That's Mark eleven twenty four. Ask God for the things you desire and believe you receive them. And, and just ask once. And then after you ask once, just thank him for it. Amen? Don't have time to explain all of that. Third, let every thought and desire affirm that you have what you have asked for. Let every thought and desire affirm that you have what you have asked for. In other words, act like it. You know, I, I know, see... A lot of you, you've only known me in recent years. A lot of you don't have any historical perspective of this church. Only, only two or three or four were at the hotel when we pioneered. Not that many were up in the first building at I-30 and Northfielder Road. So you know us later. But we didn't just pop out of the womb looking like this. You understand? In other words, we had to start. Amen. I said we had to start. Amen. And I've always likened it to pushing a car that's died. If, you don't know what I'm talking about. There's not, how many, let me see, every man that's ever pushed a car because it stalled or stopped, stand up. I want to see if anybody... Well, there's more. Well, then why are you looking at me with that? Why are you looking at me at that? Go ahead and sit down. Why are you looking at me with that tone of voice like, man, I did pop out of the womb looking like this, and I've never pushed a car in my life. But anybody that's ever pushed a car knows the hardest part is getting it started. I mean, getting it to roll. Once you get it rolling, well, it's easier to push it. And that's the way life is, whatever we're talking about, tithing, prosperity, whatever it is, the hardest part is, is getting started. 
And that's true with regard to anything, but it's also, it's also true with regard to changing our mouth. And so there was a time we started. I had people mad at me. I'd stand up there at I-30 and Fielder Road, and I'd say all of our needs are met. And they would come to me in the fellowship atrium and say, look, pastor, you know, you're not really telling the truth. And I would say, how can I lie saying what God says? And then by and by, then by and by, then by and by, we got our needs met. And then we stalled out. One February, I was up at Kenneth Hagin's Winter Bible Seminar. And... When we started going, he was in the warehouse. Then they built a gymnasium next to the roller rink, and he was in there for a season before they built the church. And at the, at the back of that gym, back by where the roller rink was, there was a bank of payphones. And I'd gone back there to call the office, see what's going on, do I have any messages? And Dad Hagen had come up to the podium, and I heard him say this. You have to be careful with Philippians 4.19 because you can get stuck there. And that's all he said. Then he went on with something else. So I had to go home and do my own homework. That's what I'm talking about. you got to find two or three scriptures that cover your case. I had to go home and do my own homework. I couldn't just rely on Philippians 4.19. And then I discovered others. One of my favorites is 2 Corinthians 9.11. You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Yeah, I know that. And uh, so my confession went to a different level. I'm being made rich in every way so I can be generous on every occasion. What he's saying to me, he interrupted me. What he's saying to me is teach them the difference between making a confession and speaking to it. There's a difference. We, we, it, took, it probably took us an extra 10 years because I didn't know what just came out of my mouth. There's a difference between making a confession versus speaking to it. Just this week, a big deal in my life completely healed because I didn't pray about it, didn't worry about it, didn't, didn't have any anxiety about it. I just, I just started saying what I wanted. I just started speaking to it. And, and, you know, the results within 24 hours, I'm like, oh, my gosh. So a lot of times we just make a, a confession and we're weak about it. You remember me, uh, Colonel, years ago you told me that you never had any trouble with me because this gentleman here is a retired colonel. He said that when he was a ret around retired vets, he said he could guess their rank by the intonation and uh, by, the, by the manner of their speech. In other words, a retired sergeant doesn't talk like a retired general. Does that make sense? All right. And some of you talk to your life, and some of you talk to the devil, and some of you talk to your circumstances like a private. But right now, see, we, we just covered this, where I, I am who God says I am, and I am where God says I am, so you're looking at the house I live in. You're not even looking at me. This is the house I live in, but where I am actually right now my father is right here because I'm seated at his right hand in Christ Jesus in the place of authority. So if my father's right here, 
Well, I can't, I can't talk like a little mouse. I can't talk to the devil like a private. Because my father's right here. See, if you, if you continue doing what you've been doing and you continue saying what you've been saying, you're going to continue having what you've been having. But if you want to change what you've been having, you got to change what you've been doing and you got to change what you've been saying. And when you talk to your body or when you talk to the circumstances of life or when you say something to the devil, don't talk like a little old private. Because your father's right here. Lift up your left hand and say, my father's right here. It just changes everything. I'm talking about authority. There's a difference between just making a confession versus speaking to it with authority, whatever it is. Amen. And I know most preachers you've ever come across, they never grow, they never learn, they never mature, they stay static. Well, I'm not that guy. I know more than I did five years ago. I know more than I did a year ago. I'm changing all the time. And, and he's showing this to me that there's a difference between just making a confession and speaking to it. Fourth, confess constantly the promises from God's word that cover your case. Dare to stand on God's word and God will make his word come to pass in your life. See, a lot of people are waiting for God to side in with them. God's waiting on you to side in with him. According to God's word, you are everything God says you are, regardless of whether or not you are presently experiencing all of God's word in every area of your life or not. Now, to live the victorious Christian life, you must know and confess who you are in Christ, where you are in Christ, what you possess in Christ, and what you can do in Christ. Now, God's power is latent inside of God's word. Say it out loud. God's power is latent inside of God's word. It means it's there, but I got to do something with it. It's there, but I got to like unpackage it. It's there. I mean, what good does a wrench do in your toolbox? Well, I got all the tools. You know, my son-in-law, when he, we were getting acquainted and he got to know me and all that, you know, he was going to fix something for Sue. And, you know, he goes out and he says, man, you got a lot of tools. Well, that doesn't mean I'm using them. <laughs> you know, I, I bought a, a new set of whatever a few years ago and it came and Austin said to his mother, what does he need that for? <laughs> well, I got it. If, you know, if something needed to be fixed and I was so inclined. But just having the wrench in the toolbox doesn't do anything. You got to unpackage it, man. You got to you got to take it out and you got to put it into action. Can you see that about the Word of God? Second Peter one three and four: His divine power has given us everything we need. Lift up both hands. Say everything we need. Say thank you, Father God. You have given me everything I need. 
His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness through these. Through what? Through these. He has, through his glory and his goodness, he has given us his very great and precious promises. Now, let me back up. I keep getting hung up on this one word by the Spirit of God. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our ignorance of him. Is that what it says? No, knowledge. 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 See, you have to know something before you can take action on it. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, say it out loud, say it out loud five times, through the promises. And he's on it. I'm in, uh, I'm in 2 Kings, just finished last night, 2 Kings. And I'm doing the Bible reading twice this year. I've been given a, a Bible to a grandchild for Christmas. And I got two coming up the same age, so I'm doing the annual Bible reading twice. I'm going to give two of them a Bible and uh, Christmas. And I'm telling you, these two cats especially, Elijah and Elisha, these are interesting people. And uh, they rarely prayed. I mean, let me say it this way. They... A prayer of either is rarely recorded. We know they had to live a life of prayer to operate in the power of God. I'm saying the miracles they performed generally were not by prayer. They just spoke it. And a lot of you do yourself a lot of good to do the annual Bible reading. I just read it last night. Jesus was not the first person to multiply food. That was Elisha. I mean, amazing things. The widow whose husband had died and the debtors were coming to enslave her children because she couldn't pay the bills. Elisha just said it. He said, he said, and I know that this is where people really, you know, get their skunk up. He said, what do you have? I have a little oil. He said, well, go borrow every pot and vessel that you can find, and not a few. And he said, for this is what the Lord says, the oil will not run dry. And she filled up all those vessels, all those pots, all those pans, until her son said, that's it, there's no more. Then the oil stopped. And she sold the oil, paid off the debts, and lived on the rest during, throughout the rest of the famine. But I'm saying, he didn't pray a prayer. He spoke. Sue hates horseback riding. I, I remember the first time I ever went horseback riding. I think I might have been in, I think it was high, junior high school. And uh, something was wrong with the saddle. And I get off and I'm adjusting the saddle. And it had rained a lot. This is in Michigan. It had rained a lot. The earth was soft. And that stupid horse stood on my foot. If it had not been, if the earth had not been soft, he'd have broke my foot. He's standing on my foot. And so, you know, I mean, I've been around horses. I, when I say horseback riding, I'm talking about organized. On my grandfather's farm, my cousin taught me how to 
meander up to a horse, grab its mane, hop on the back, take off. The challenge was getting off because, you know, we didn't know anything, so we just had to jump off. <laughs> but uh, I'm talking about organized horseback riding. So the, the guide on this organized horseback riding, he said, son, he said, animals can sense fear. He said, it knows you're afraid of it. He said, don't be afraid of it and speak to it. And that country boy knew more theology than most of the pastors in Tarrant County. Amen. Satan knows when you're afraid of him. Satan knows when you're afraid of sickness. Whatever it is, you, you got to get the fear out and you got to speak to it. Amen. Amen. Because who's over here on your left? Who's right here on your left? Father God. So you can't show any fear. You just have to speak to it. And, and haven't you figured out? Haven't you figured out? They destroyed Western civilization. They destroyed the world. They destroyed the Bill of Rights. They destroyed the United States of America. I mean, what, what tool did they use? They used one tool. What tool did they use? Fear. That's all it took. Amen. That's all it took. You just have to train yourself to not be afraid. To not be afraid. And I know that's counterculture. And they'll call you names if you're not afraid. Well, I'm not afraid. Amen. I said, I stood right here 14, 15 months ago. I said, right here, I said, I said, bring it, bring that in, put it on the back of my hand, put it under a microscope, and it'll die. I'm talking, you say that's crazy. Well, that's no, that's no crazier than you sitting in the closet crying that you're going to go broke and, and weeping and wailing that you don't know what you're going to do. I'd, if, hey, I'd rather be crazy positive than crazy negative. And if being crazy positive didn't work, well, how did I get this far down the road? Lift both hands up, look at it and say, Father God... You are my source. See, he gave us everything we need. But like that wrench in the toolbox, if you don't open up the toolbox and get it out, that wrench will do you no good. The promises of God, the promises of God sitting on your coffee table are going to do you no good. The prom hey, the promises of God on your hard drive aren't going to do you any good. People don't get their prayers answered because they don't take time to study God's word in order to get God's word into them and above their circumstances. Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Don't, don't whine, don't cry, don't complain, don't go on Facebook, don't go on GoFundMe, don't do any of that. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. John 15, 7, if you remain in me, Jesus said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. Abide in God's word. Abide in God's word. Abide in God's word. I mean, we ought to, we ought to have some kind of an app or something that we, we could, uh, for a week, would say, 
you've been on Instagram so many hours this week. You've been on Facebook so many hours this week. And compare that to how much time we have spent in prayer this week and how, many, how much time we've spent in the Word of God this week. Listen to me. Listen to me. I plead with you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, turn all that junk off and get into the Word of God because the Antichrist is coming. The powers of darkness have taken over this nation and they are absolutely not fooling around. And there is a world of difference between Facebooking your conspiracy theory versus having the Word of God in your heart and the Word of God coming out of your mouth and speaking to your situation. Abide in God's Word so that God's Word can abide in you. Then and only then will you have dominion in your life. I don't think I ever went to Houston and heard John Osteen speak without hearing him quote 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence. Everybody shout confidence. confidence. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Say it out loud. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. See, we don't really believe that. That's the problem. You know, we picture ourselves in Vegas. Some of you can do that more easily than others. We, we picture ourselves in Vegas, you know. Come on, lucky seven! No, no, there's no luck to it. There's no chance to it. There's no percentage to it. If I pray according to his will, he hears me. Shout it out loud. If I pray according to his will, he hears me. But see, the whole church world doesn't, they're, they're not teaching this. Pray the rosary, pray this, pray that. No, pray the, find out what the word of God says. Approach him, Father God, in the name of Jesus, with the word of God in your mouth, and you will be heard. Now what you think, now what your mommy taught you, you approach God, Father God, don't pray to Jesus, you approach Father God in the name of Jesus with the word of God in your mouth and you will be heard. There's no luck to it, no chance to it, no odds to it. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Shout out loud five times, he hears us. He hears us, he hears us, he hears us, he hears us, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, Shout out loud five times, whatever we ask. We know. Some of you are getting it. We know. We know. Ain't no guesswork to it. Ain't no hope so to it. Ain't no luck to it. Ain't no odds about it. Shout out loud five times, we know. We know, we know, we know, we know, we know. I mean, it's, it's just, I'm just horrified. I'm just horrified, these preachers, you know? 
line up to go to Washington to get their, their free meal, you know, and ask for a favor. Brother, can you spare a dime? When I'm seated at the right hand of Father God in Christ Jesus, and I got the Ancient of Days, Almighty God, my Father God is right here at my left hand, I'm going to go and ask for some serial adulterer for a favor? Or pudding grains? You don't know who you are. You got to rise up and discover who you are. You're not a soccer ball for the devil to kick around. You're not just some nobody trying to beg a favor off a man. You are the sons and the daughters of Almighty God. You are the children of light. Hallelujah. Shout out loud, I'm somebody in Jesus, my Lord. Beggars. God's people have allowed the devil to make. Maybe it's not God's people. Maybe it's Bible school professors, seminary professors, theologians. Have allowed them to make beggars out of us. And I know, I know, I see new faces. You know, you could be, you know, you could leave here any second. Okay, time to go. Five, four, three, two. Well, I never. That's your problem, and that's why you're defeated, and that's why you're sick, and that's why you're broke. Because you never. It was the will of God that the body of the Lord Jesus Christ operate all these 2,000 years at the book of Acts level. But they organized Christianity, turned it into the Roman Catholic Church, hid the word from the people. And God tried to break through with the revival in Topeka, Kansas, the Holy Ghost revival in Topeka, Kansas, and the Holy Ghost revival on Azusa Street in Los Angeles. And there was a wave. But they're regressing back into emotionalism and showmanship and idolatry the word the word the word the power of God is in the word of God but it is a latent power until you unpackage it and get it out of the pages of the Bible and get it into your heart and get it into your mouth and then grow a backbone and stand up to the devil and make up your mind I'm not taking anything off of him because Jesus made an open show and spectacle of Satan on Calvary's cross he is a defeated foe and he's not running me Shout out loud, the devil's not running me. This is the confidence. We have an approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that if he hears us, whatever we ask, 
We know. He says it again. We know. He says it again. Tell your neighbor, you need it. We know that we have what we ask of him. See, if you know that you have it, you're not going to ask again. If you know that you have it, you're going to shout. If you know that you have it, you're going to dance. If you, if you know that you have it, you're going to praise God. And I, I get it. I do. I'm just not going to change. You know, I understand. I do. I do. I don't have any sympathy for it, but I understand. You know, because you went to 15 churches and you sat there and you listened to 15 broke people and uh, 15 people that you could push around with your $100 a week gift, 15, 15 people, 15 preachers, and, you know, you could take them to uh, In-N-Out Burger and bribe them. I get it. I get it. But that's not what's here. No, I, <laughs> I read the Bible. I took action on the word. Amen. And I found out, I found out he's, he's almighty God. Yes. He's father God. Yes. But he's my daddy. He's my daddy. Amen. And, and when I go to him in the name of Jesus and I, I don't go to him with theories and ideas and opinions and what CNN's saying and MSNBC and all of that. When I go to him based on the word of God, he hears me and I know that I have what I ask of him because I'm praying according to his word. I'm not some ignoramus going in there telling the Lord. You know, a lot of us pray like we're reading the newspaper. Father God, you know, the world's gone to heck and, you know, they're printing all this money and there's all this... The Lord doesn't need to hear the news from you. You know, do you think he doesn't know what's going on? I mean, a lot of people pray like they're, they're doing a Facebook update. To live a victorious Christian life, you must know and confess what you possess in Christ. And this is our inheritance. Say it out loud. This is our inheritance. As a child of God, you have an inheritance. You have something wonderful left to you by the richest person in the universe. A poor man. A poor woman doesn't typically leave a will. They have nothing to give or leave behind. When you have a will, it means you have something you want to pass on to others, to your heirs. Well, Jesus left a will. The New Testament, the word testament actually means will. Jesus left a will, the New Testament. But he cannot execute the will if his heirs do not cooperate, and the heirs cannot cooperate if they are ignorant of what is legally theirs. It's amazing to me. I think the, the most astounding thing in my lifetime is the hypocrisy. If somebody died and named you in the will, you would go to the reading of the will, and uh, you wouldn't say, well, you know, I don't want the Ferrari, and uh, I don't want the lake house. You know, I just want this, uh, this dollar amount that Uncle Joe left me. No, no, no. You would say, my name's Jimmy, and I'll take all you'll give me. 
When, when you get hired on at a company and they say, well, we're going to pay you $100,000 a year and we're going to give you health insurance, you don't say, oh, I don't need any health insurance. Just, just give me the pay. I, I, no fringe benefits here. But they line up by the millions and go to churches where they don't want to hear about the Holy Spirit and they don't want to hear about healing. They, they don't want to hear about the fringe benefits. They, they just want their, their ticket out of hell. That's it, that's it, that's it. They don't want to hear about living in victory. They don't want to hear about being made rich. They don't want to hear about having all their needs met. They don't want to hear about having authority over devils. They don't, they, no, 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 no fringe benefits. Just give me my ticket to heaven. And then they'll turn around and say, well, I visited that Faith Christian Center, but you know, he's not humble. Because he didn't wear sandals like Jesus did, and he didn't ride a donkey like Jesus did. Well, I found out who I was. I found out that I'm an heir of God and I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then I, when I went to public school in the 60s, they taught me how to read. I, I opened the book of Acts and I find out you don't even have to be an apostle to heal the sick and cast out devils. You can be like Stephen. You can be somebody that waits tables in the house of God, but you can heal the sick and cast out devils. So he can't execute his will if his heirs don't cooperate. And the heirs can't cooperate if they are ignorant of what they are entitled to as heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If an heir doesn't know that he has an inheritance, how can he claim it? If an heir doesn't know that he has an inheritance, how can he possess it? And if you haven't figured it out, a lot of churches are dedicated to keeping you in ignorance. I mean, they'll tell you about Walt Whitman. They'll tell you about sociology. They'll tell you about psychology. They'll tell you all kinds of stuff about all kinds of things except the Word of God. They'll talk about their creeds. They'll talk about, you know, their councils. They'll talk about uh, the, the annual meeting of their denomination. Everything and anything but the Word of God. Satan keeps many Christians defeated and in bondage because they do not even know what is rightfully theirs in Christ. They, they do not know what they possess in Christ. You got to realize you have an inheritance. Shout it out loud. I have an inheritance. Have Ephesians 1.18, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. So I have an inheritance, and I have power. Shout it out loud. I have an inheritance, and I have power. Shout it out loud again. I have an inheritance, and I have power. So we have been talking about these four things we must confess, which is the basis of the confession we make before we begin messages on Sunday morning. I am who God says I am. I'm where God says I am. And the third one is... I have what God says I have. Say it out loud. We Say it out loud. I am who God says I am. I'm where God says I am. And I have what God says I have. I possess what God says I possess. 
That's all lies. All of it. Gender fluidity, climate change, all of it. They have even talked God's people out of believing they have an immune system. Man somehow survived thousands of years without Fauci. That's what I'm talking about. If they can scare the hell out of you and keep you in the dark, they can shove you around and make you do whatever. But when you refuse to deny the truth, when you embrace what God has done for you, and you rehearse the light into your life, you're not going to be afraid, and you're not going to be pushed around. Amen. You're not going to be pushed around by a virus. You're not going to be pushed around by the dollar. You're not going to be pushed around by the devil. You're just not going to be pushed around. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we possess things, but if they hide it from you, how can you walk in it? If they keep it from you, how can you walk in it? If they scare the hell out of you, it's harder to walk in it. This is Satan. This is the work of Satan. These are the works of Satan. The Antichrist is coming. You, you, don't, you do not want to be here and see him on CNN. You do not. If it is this nuts now, you do not want to be here and watch the Antichrist give a speech on MSNBC. If, if they announce we're coming after your children and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is here, you do not want to be here the day after the church is evacuated from planet Earth. Amen. If Satan is this bold now, you do not want to be here the day after Jesus takes the family of God to be with the Father. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again, and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. 
And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.